Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Joining us today is Karen from Cincinnati, Ohio, who received HSCT on December in December of 2015. Do you remember your stem cell transplant date? Yes, it is December 10th. It's one of those days I don't know that we will ever forget. Is Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, totally. My mom sends me a bouquet of flowers on that day. Oh, wonderful. So was she there <laughs> with you or just eagerly anticipating your arrival home? Uh, no, she was there with me for um, my entire stay. Wonderful. So let's, I guess we can back up a little bit on um, just figuring out more about how you came to find out about HSCT. Yeah, well, I found out about it through my rheumatologist. It had been years and years and years of uh, one failed treatment after another. Um, I had taken a lot of different medicines and just wasn't getting any better. In fact, I would have new manifestations appear of my lupus and, uh, everybody was kind of at their wits end. We had tried everything. Um, I was at my wits end. I was miserable. My doctors really didn't know what to do. I had a great team of doctors, uh, but it was really my rheumatologist who, uh, read about it, and she took it upon herself to get all of the paperwork ready, get my uh, medical records ready, you know, get all the sign-offs, the checks and boxes, and um, sent, sent everything off to Northwestern. So that's fantastic. Did she do like a peer-to-peer with Dr. Burt to learn more, or she just came to find out about HSCT through her own research? I think it was a little bit of both. I think she found out about it, but she really did her homework in contacting Dr. Burt in his office and learning more and making sure that um, my case and um, lupus would be a good good fit for it. I think I get the sense that, and I don't know the numbers, and, and maybe you do, that lupus is one of the maybe the less represented autoimmune diseases. That he treats. I believe so. Although I believe that he began with lupus. I think, okay. I think that's a question for Dr. Burt. Um, yeah. But I want to say initially when he started this treatment for autoimmune diseases, he was working at Johns Hopkins. This is just my understanding. He was working at mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins with um, cancer patients and started thinking about well, why can't we make this work for autoimmune disease if we could obliterate those T cells and white cells that carry the messaging of autoimmune? Why wouldn't this work? And I believe he started with lupus patients. I could be wrong. Um, And I know some patients have multiple diagnoses, and so lupus can ride along with other autoimmune diseases, as can type 2 diabetes. Um, And so... I wouldn't I don't know that it's necessarily underrepresented. I think he found so much success with the MS patients that that became maybe even maybe he targeted more MS patients because of the funding structures or what the mm-hmm. f- the funders were interested in. I mm-hmm. know that because this is such a research-based undertaking, he has to 
comply with and follow the direction of his funders, right? And so mm-hmm. he may have a certain allotment for patients with autoimmune diseases other than MS. But like right now, the clinical trial is specifically targeted to maximize understanding of which chemo cocktail, if you will, mm-hmm. will most benefit uh, patients with not just MS, but any autoimmune disease, but it seems to be there are certainly more MS cases mm-hmm. graduating as veterans through at least the Chicago um, Chicago protocol. So other certainly centers across the world, around the world, are offering HSCT for all autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily encounter or see as many patients with lupus or who have experienced lupus um, participating online. And so it's nice to have connected with you. It's nice to know that you're in Cincinnati, um, yeah. <laughs> right close by to me, and that you were willing to share with us more about your experience. So you're almost a three-year veteran. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been um, quite the journey. And I was really lucky because when I left the hospital in December, you know, I felt pretty crappy because I had just left the hospital, but I felt like my quality of life improved pretty remarkably, even within the first few months. And then now almost three years later, um, I'm still seeing small changes in my um, body and in my skin that, um, you know, I'm still improving. It's just, it's really, it's really amazing. That's wonderful to hear. So because lupus might be underrepresented, would you mind talking a little bit about your experience after diagnosis and the struggle that it seems you endured with the different disease modifying drugs, just for anyone listening that doesn't know a lot about lupus, it'd be helpful, I think, for people to hear more about your experience. Sure. And lupus can be different from one person to the next. Thank you for acknowledging. Yes. Thank you for acknowledging that. Uh Yeah. And one person may have completely different symptoms. And so for me, um, my symptoms began when I was, I think in my second year of college, I started with really uh, very achy joints and I had the kind of the telltale um, butterfly butterfly rash on my face, uh, which is just redness that spread over my nose and and cheeks. And um, throughout the years, I, um, well, I I guess I should say there is no real blood test for lupus, but there, there's a whole checklist of um, things that your rheumatologist or your doctor will check off. And if you've got so many of these things, then they'll, they'll, tech on that lupus label. And um, the disease really changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, My joints were very achy. My skin um, turned very red and I suffered from a lot of sores and um, scabbing and swelling and swollen hands and swollen joints and uh, we tried uh, Plaquenil. Of, I've been, I was on steroids for probably nine years before I went through HSCT, which for anybody who's been on steroids for that long or a large, a large amount of steroids knows that it's terrible. <laughs> it's not fun. It changes your body. It changes your mindset. Um, I developed kidney problems. Um, which was probably one of the scarier parts of my disease. Um, it, it changed my physical appearance, which was very difficult. I felt tired and sick all of the time, and part of it was the lupus, and part of it was the different drugs that I was on, um, methotrexates, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of some. I've, I've been on so many, to be honest with you, it wouldn't be it would be a lot to even go through them. Well, sure. And it, I think, again, knowing that everyone's experience is so individual and unique. Right. I, I think the bigger picture, though, is just 
the fear of kidney failure or kidney damage to the extent of disrepair. And also just knowing that steroids can wreak havoc on your bones and joints. Yes. In addition to what the disease is already causing. And so it's almost like double damage. Right. So was that a concern for you going into HSCT that more steroids would be administered and or part of the protocol? I was, yeah, I was concerned about the steroids. I was concerned about the chemotherapy that I was going through, but I had gone through so many steroids. I had, I had, had so much chemotherapy already in my um, disease progression that it was kind of like, let's just do one more time. Let's <laughs> just... Sure. If I can just get through this one more time and it makes me better, then it's worth it. And sure. It, it was for me, for sure. So what was your understanding of HSCT and what, what led you to make that decision and pursue HSCT? Well, my understanding of it was just I broke it down into steps, really. The process is you know, going to get your stem cells harvested and then waiting and then going back and then having your immune system bladed and then your stem cells um, administered, readministered, and then you have to wait around and wait for the nurse to come in and say, all your numbers are normal. (laughs) And then you can get out. (laughs) And um, so I, I didn't really have a whole lot of um, perspective as to what the hospital stay would be like or anything like that. I hadn't really talked to people. I maybe had read through some Facebook posts about people, the other people's experiences, but, um, I didn't really have much perspective on what it would be like to actually sit in your hospital room for, you know, almost three weeks. And so I really didn't know much about it besides that. But what, what I what ultimately led me to make my decision was I'm miserable now. I've tried pretty much everything out there. This can make me better. Let's do it. I'd say that's pretty affirmative um, and a positive approach to yeah. um, the why not. Yeah. So why was it, yeah, well, and so why was it important for you to even participate today in this podcast? I see people struggling out there in social media or, you know, friends of friends or, you know, people who are sick and they, it's not, maybe it's not even sick with an autoimmune disease and people who are sick with an autoimmune disease. I just it's important for me for a couple of reasons. One is I want people to know that there are really smart individuals, smart doctors and researchers out there who are constantly coming up with um, new and amazing treatments to help all kinds of ailments. And, you know, I, I went from being a very sick person to a very healthy person because of all of the work that people are doing. And so please don't lose hope or, you know, please continue going on. And I know it's excruciatingly slow and frustrating, but there are people out there who are, who are working on things. That's an important message. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I want, I want people to know that. And it's also important for me to just to get my story out. It's, um, I have talked to, you know, my family and a number of close friends about this, but I don't really talk about it with people at work, for example, or, you know, people I don't know really well because they don't know the, um, my whole story and they don't know what I have been through and they, so I, it's just nice to connect with other people who can say, yeah, you know, I, I experienced that too. Or I had this terrible disease that uh, has, you know, since been stopped or halted or so much better or even cured. And uh, 
it's something that not a lot of people can relate to, but I like the thought that someone is listening to this who has gone through it or is considering it or knows someone who went through it and they can um, understand my perspective and uh, connect. Thank you for being there and for being uh, so keen on sharing your experience because that is also my hope that we can connect more folks out there and help people understand they are not alone, that despite our disease being so invisible to so many, uh, that we, we can see you, right? And um, we can see each other when we share more and talk more and build this community. Yes. So why don't you tell us about your most memorable experience with HSCT? Well, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this, and there are a lot that stick out in my head. Um, you, in can terms of the... <laughs> you can have a list of several. <laughs> well, so I, I've, I thought of a couple before and during um, and, well, after. But during the actual treatment, I had a couple of really scary moments and uh, a couple of really just awesome moments. Like, like I said earlier, my mom was there with me the whole time. And initially I, I pushed back. I said, you know, mom, I'm, I'm grown. I don't need you there. I'll be fine. And I really underestimated how much it meant to me and how great it was for my mom to be there with me and for me. And, you know, whenever I barfed up my lunch, Right. Or, you know, just didn't want the hospital food. I wanted a Gatorade from downstairs or, you know, I or I was too tired to read or anything like that. She was she was there with me. And so just having that time with my mom and, and, and you know, as you grow up, you become less needy and vulnerable. And I was needy and vulnerable. And just having my mom there was beyond amazing. Caretakers are such an important part of this journey. They really are. And I completely underestimated that. And the other one that I will just touch on is one that I talked a little bit about before as your last couple of days when your immune system is starting to come back and your numbers are starting, your, your blood counts are starting to come back to normal. And just that anticipation of the nurse coming in and saying, okay, well, they're almost there, you know, right. we'll recheck your numbers in the afternoon or we'll recheck them in the morning and um, finally getting that go ahead to go. And you're just like, yes. <laughs> and you start packing up your things. And I had my mom there and I had my husband there and it was just like a feeling of almost, it was euphoria and also I was apprehensive I was a little bit scared because I thought you dads you know I've been in this nice sterile hospital room and these people have been here for every headache and every nausea bout of nausea and everything and now I have to go out and do it on my own and uh, so I just remember that really mixed feeling of leaving the hospital it is a mixed bag of emotions and <laughs> they, they call the recovery a roller coaster. And yes. I know that mixed bag comes a lot with some of the ups and downs of this roller coaster. And it's um, definitely a memorable thing. I, re- I also remember being somewhat terrified. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> thinking to myself, am I going to be able to do this? Uh, yeah. I mean, the nurses have been here. Are they sure that I'm ready? Are they sure that I can go? I mean, I wanted to leave more than anything, just because after almost three weeks, you are a little stir crazy being, but you get into that routine. And, right. And it is an uncertainty being discharged. People should know that that's totally normal, right? Right. Regardless the snowflake or regardless of the individual autoimmune disease, I think we all experience that elation and excitement, but then also nervousness about next steps and 
how can we do this? Right. Uncharted territory in some ways that hopefully this podcast can help to shed light on and illuminate that these journeys or these times during the journey are completely normal and people are not alone. Thanks again for sharing your experience with lupus and even HSCT. So what have been some of the other essential components of your HSCT experience beyond the caregivers? Um, What has supported you most during your journey? Um, well, my community, my, I mean, my family, my husband, my dog, (laughs) um, my job, I could not have done all of it, any of it without all of them. Um, I have an amazing team of doctors. Um, my rheumatologist and my dermatologist have been there every step of the way. I mean, they have seen me just break down in tears and they have been there for all of my successes. So my um, hematologist has been amazing. I just saw him last week and he says he doesn't want to see me again for a year, which is wow. (laughs) uh, Every time I can check a doctor off of my list, I'm at least for a long period of time. I'm, I'm very happy. So at almost three years out already, your rheumatologist is saying, I don't, necessarily need to see you. So have you been on any other drugs to support you in recovery that are targeted to your lupus symptoms? Yes. So that was one disappointment that I had when I left uh, Chicago was I thought I'd be medicine free. And that wasn't the case. Um, Dr. Burton and his nurses thought I should stay on at least some. So I'm still on Plaquenil. Um, I'm still on a drug called Celsept. And I am, uh, I take vitamin D once a month, which is good that everybody, at least one of my doctors says everybody in Cincinnati should take vitamin D because we just simply don't get enough sunshine here. Mm. Um, and it also helps, um, keep my lupus symptoms away. So it, it supports me in that way, but I've been, you know, slowly reducing the medicine that I'm on and. I'm hoping one day that I can just be completely off of them for good. But fortunately, the ones that I take right now are low side effect. And Plaquenil has been around for a very long time. And it's uh, proven to be really effective in keeping um, lupus symptoms away. And so I think that's great to clarify, right? That HSCT can halt progression. Mm-hmm. but that we are still trying to heal past damage mm-hmm. that we still have our disease. It's just not getting any worse. Right. Hopefully. Right. 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 Um, yeah. And so we may still need to treat the underlying symptoms that were always around before HSCT. And right. That, um, and so there too, in just saying that, would you recommend that people pursue this sooner than later if possible? Well, I think for lupus, it depends. In my experience, um, if you, and this probably, you know, should probably go for most diseases is if, if your symptoms on lupus are well managed with what your doctor has you on, um, I don't know that I would recommend HSCT to everybody. Um, The fact that all of my treatment protocols had failed. If you were in the same boat that I was, um, you know, September of 2015, I would say, yes, do it. Um, But I, I, I would say run, don't walk. But if you are well managed with Plaquenil, for example, just taking Plaquenil, then I don't know that I would recommend it. Sure. And I think that's so important to point out because I don't want this podcast to be perceived or portrayed even as us advocating necessarily for HSCT over any other course of treatment, particularly one that a doctor (laughs) is supportive and that is working uh, for people, that this is more about 
sharing our journeys and sharing our experience, our unique experiences with not just our autoimmune disease, but with HSCT. Yes. So thank you for pointing that out. So how is recovery going for you? Being on these disease modifying drugs, supporting you, you mentioned that even three years out, you're still seeing improvements. Can you talk a little bit about some of those improvements or what you noticed immediately upon discharge and how it's been going? Yes. So, um, immediately after discharge and I was very swollen, (laughs) I was very swollen from all the steroids and all the steroids I had been on for so long. It's easy to forget what you used to look like. Um, less easy for me because I have an identical twin. Oh, and yeah. And, um, so whenever I would see her, I would be reminded of kind of what I was supposed to look like. And that was very difficult. And so throughout the years afterwards, my body started to shed a lot of that, um, steroid weight. And it's important to know how much the disease had affected my, uh, appearance. Mm -hmm. I was, very, um, very red and swollen and, um, like I said, covered in sores and scabs and the, um, immunosuppressants had made me so prone to infection that I was just suffering from one infection, infection after another. And so finally, after I was released, all of that cleared up, I, um, had, my fingers had been so swollen and so broken that I would almost constantly have them wrapped in bandages. And I would, I slowly started to shed those bandages and my face, while it's still a little bit red, lost a lot of its redness. Um, My fingers became less swollen. My, my body just kind of returned to where it was supposed to be. How does that feel? It's amazing. I have um, <clears throat> I have people at work who, if I saw them before HSCT and then I saw them maybe a year afterwards and they didn't recognize me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my hair had changed colors <laughs> after it fell out and grew back. My hair used to be kind of a dark blonde and very straight, and now it's... Um, brown and curly Hmm. and they didn't recognize me for that but also because I just physically looked very different uh, because of where I was before the disease I have scars all over my chin and arms and chest from where the disease had created sores and scabs and uh, most remarkably is the how even three years later, my, my scars are still visible, but they're so much smoother. And it really taught me um, throughout this whole journey from the beginning of my disease progression to now is just the uh, need for empathy and understanding. And, um, you know, I know I looked uh startling to some people and I I worked in a position where I was in a store and I faced the public and worked with the public and you know people were quick to offer their home remedies for whatever was ailing me even though they had no idea what was actually going mm, on with sure. me and you know kids asking their parents what's wrong with me and um, so it really has taught me to be empathetic towards how people are feeling and what they're going through and, um, you know, just being a little more gentle and kind with people than you may, you might be at first blush. And, um, so I really appreciate what my body can do now versus what it could do three years ago. It sounds like it's been completely transformational. It has. (laughs) Isn't it It amazing what the body can do? It is. And, you know, when you give it that support and give it, 
give it the best shot, then yes, it's, it's amazing what the body can do. So it sounds like you were pretty confident going into HSCT that this is, you know, the best chance for you. Do you have any doubts or reservations or did you at the time? Um, and how did you resolve those doubts? I I did have doubts. I had doubts because I, I remember thinking to myself, well, what if we just wait one more year? What if we just, just give it another year? Um, and I was scared to be out of my life for, you know, when you, when you add up everything, you're completely, almost completely removed from your life for a couple of months and then maybe more for recovery. And so that, I, that frightened me, um, that really stressed me out. And also what would the long-term, um, implications be for all the steroids and all the chemotherapy I would receive that made me nervous also sure the, the long-term effects on my body and so but, how, yeah how did you resolve all of that to sign up and finally go through it was it partly that your doctor well, was ushering you through yes definitely my doctors um assured me through also like I said before it was just like if this is going to work, I've been doing this for, you know, nine years and nothing has worked. What, what is one more year of doing the same thing going to do for me? Probably not a whole lot. So I was just ready to get it, get better. I was ready to get on with my life. I was, um, you know, 29 when I went through it and, you know, I had spent my entire twenties, your twenties when you're supposed to be carefree and you know staying out too late and you know being young and I had spent that whole decade a lot of it being sick Mm. and I didn't I wanted to go into my 30s feeling strong and healthy and could just basically get on with my life I'm sick of this lupus stuff yeah (laughs) this is for the birds this is garbage if I can do something that will get me healthy and and going then let's do it so Let's let's jump right in yeah so and it's great that you found that confidence despite the doubts um and concerns for the steroids because that is a heavy load after carrying steroids for almost nine years uh, right. I think you said, but yeah, now have you had any steroids since you've been home? No, no steroids. Yeah. So is there any concern from your doctors now about those long-term effects? I know you mentioned that the long-term unknown was a doubt that you had or reservation. Um, so this, the, the one concern they have going forward is, from the steroids and that's my uh, bone density. Mm. So I need to go get my bone density scan probably soon. And, um, I had a small, I guess you've called a little fracture in my right hip just from all of the steroids that I'd been on, um, caused a little bit of death in the, part of my right hip. So, but I went through physical therapy and, uh, strengthened the muscles around that area and I'm not having any problems with it. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So that being almost a physical cost for you in terms of your hip and bone concerns about bone density moving forward, have there been Mm -hmm. other costs of HSCT to either you or even other people in your life? I honestly can't come up with one. Um, so you, yeah, you mentioned having to take a break for a couple months out of work and life, but you know, life goes on for everyone else. And when you get back to it, you get back to it. And it, um, right. Sounds like it wasn't much of an interruption for you and that you were able, I think you mentioned before when we were earlier talking that you got back to work by February. Yes. Which is a pretty quick turnaround. Yes. Yeah. 
And I believe Dr. Burt does encourage his patients to try to get back to a sense of normal as quickly as possible because it helps you strengthen and heal. It did for me. I was starting to get a little stir crazy having sat in the hospital and then just sort of sitting at home for another month. And then, um, I was ready. I, I have a, essentially a desk job. And so I certainly wouldn't encourage everybody to go back two months after, but I, um, or a month and a half after, but I really felt like I was ready to get on with my life, see my friends and see my coworkers and start, you know, contributing again. Sure. It helped me. Well, and I think just knowing your limitations and if yes. you're in an, such a supportive environment as you were, where people understood that you needed some time, but that you could be right back to it in some capacity. It is, I think, part of the healing process to build those new connections or reconnections sooner than later to establish those new normal routines. Yes. So do you have anything else you could offer as advice based on your own experience to help others with lupus um, in either preparing for or recovery from HSCT? Yeah, just take care of your body. Mm. Be nice to it. Eat good foods. Exercise as you can. Get sleep. Um, manage your stress levels. All of that stuff is way easier said than done. But it's amazing the difference that it makes in your life. When you are already sick and you're already feeling bad, making sure that you are taking care of yourself so you're not feeling even worse. And I think... Um, I was maybe guilty of not doing a lot of that for a while and um, having gone through HSCT and, and seeing everything that my body went through and bounced, you know, came back from and just really being co conscious of supporting that recovery with sleep and good food and movement and, um, you know, helping, helping myself in, in that respect. Um, I think it, I think it made a world of difference for me. So what was the turning point for you? Was it something that happened in the hospital where you recognized the need to slow down and tune in to diet and exercise and rest? Um, I think when I got out, I just really didn't, I didn't want to feel that way again anymore. Mm. And you know, I, I felt like I was taking pretty good care of myself before I went into the hospital. It was really at the beginning of my disease progression where I was going to school, I was going to college and working full time. And I was student teaching at the time and I was just doing way too much. And, um, you know, if, if you find yourself in that position, just take a step back and remember that you need to take care of number one first and um, so important yeah don't work you know don't do three jobs at the same time it's not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think so many of us feel that pressure maybe it's a maybe it's a female thing mm -hmm. um, I know I worked three jobs and put myself through graduate school and it was a lot yeah so let's shift gears a little bit and I want to maybe just tune in to any kind of a superpower that you gained from your experience, anything that really shifted for you as a result of HSCT? Hmm. You know, I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest with you. I, um, like I said before, I, I have a kind of a deeper sense of empathy for what people are, are going through and, um, you know, their own personal journey and just making sure that, you know, we take care of ourselves, but we're, we're taking care of other people who are also struggling. So a, a sense of empathy and, and community 
it's a beautiful approach to reaching out and building connectivity that you can see more clearly. And that's, I think that, I think that's a superpower. Not everybody can find that deeper sense of empathy for others in their journey um, and recognizing that we are all unique. And so yeah. if you won't call it super, I'll call it super for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything holding you back from sharing that empathy with others now? Or what does that look like on a daily basis for you? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to express all the time that feeling for, for people or, I don't know. Do you just slow down when you notice, like, do you see maybe that there might be something going on with someone and, yeah, and so just yeah. taking the time to reflect on the noticing yeah. Without judgment. That's a very good way to put it. Um, like I said, not everyone knows how to get there or we, we can be so caught up with the quick in our society, the quick to judge, the quick to assume. And there's often so much an underlying story to people's manifestations or physical presence or appearance that, mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't be labeling or judging. And again, not everybody can take the time to slow down and reflect on just the fact that they might be going through something that we know nothing about. Autoimmune disease or not. Um, Right. Yeah. It's a powerful shift in perspective and it can take some time getting used to that pause right? It's the slowing down mm-hmm. to notice and no, even notice your own reaction mm-hmm. um, and just making space for whatever to emerge in a natural way. Um, yeah, I think it's important and I appreciate you acknowledging that it's still an adjustment and that you're finding your way with embracing that empathy. Thank you for sharing it. Sure. Um, so can you recommend any resources like a book or, um, any kind of a habit or new routine that you picked up to help promote your recovery with HSCT? Hmm. Not really. (laughs) Um, I can't really think of any kind of books or resources. What kept you busy when you were in the hospital? Oh, um, yeah. Reading fiction, reading magazines, watching some TV, walking. Walking helped me. Um, As soon as I felt like I could, uh, my mom and I would take laps around the floor. Mm. We'd have to get our gowns and gloves and masks on and everything. And um, my husband, even though he couldn't be there the whole time, we would talk often and he would always encourage me to you know, get up and walk around or there's a stationary bike in one of the visitor lobbies and he would encourage me to go and sit on the bike and I remember being kind of impatient with myself like this was not so hard for me before Mm. but then I had to remember that I had just gone through something really major and I was still in the hospital and to just kind of chill (laughs) and allow myself to work through it at my own pace. Sure. That really, that really helped me. Well, and that is a good reminder because so many people struggle with mobility. And even if you don't struggle with mobility, your body does go through a lot when it's there in a short period of time. And so it can be heavy, right? And, and movement can feel heavy and it can feel frustrating and discouraging when maybe you can't be performing at a level that you once were. Um, so finding that patience and I think even acknowledging at least for me, but you pointed out the importance of rest and Mm -hmm. being, uh, monitored so frequently by the nurses is awesome but to be interrupted every two to three hours yes. is exhausting. 
and you yes. just don't get rest until maybe the last few days. Right. And I can remember saying to some nurses, you know, often, like, I just need sleep. I mm. need to get some sleep. Like, sleep is one of the most important aspects of healing that your body can can embrace and not having enough sleep just seemed counterintuitive to me. Right. Agreed. And I know it's so necessary, right? Especially to be going through such a significant procedure. I just, I wish that sleep could be more a part of the HSCT process, especially yeah. those first <laughs> few days. I think there was one day I I think I had two to three hours of sleep the night before, but you're on those steroids. So you're wired, right? It can be overwhelming. Um, so yeah, finding what suits you to pass the time is an important part of, I think, getting through HSCT. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else that's contributed to your success and recovery? You talked about your family, um, the great support of your doctors. It's phenomenal that you have such a great medical team that's been supporting you through this whole journey. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about your dog. Is there anything else that you want to just mention or highlight that really contributes to your recovery? Uh, patience. Having that sense of patience. Talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you're grateful for about your experience that has gone unspoken? Oh, man. Um, well, I'm grateful to my mom for all of her help. Um, I'm really grateful to my husband who has just seen me at my worst and has stuck by my side. Same with my dad. Um, I'm really thankful I'm really thankful for all of the progress that all the things that I just kind of took for granted before as that was my new normal, some of the, um, things that I struggled with that I don't have to struggle with anymore is <laughs> just, um, I still stop and realize that this used to be so hard for me or mm. I couldn't do this before and now I can and it's beautiful. It's just, and each one of those successes pushes me even further and makes me appreciate the, um, the process even more and, and the, my experience even more. That's beautiful. It's beautiful that you found the patience and the time to slow down and recognize your healing and your recovery and that you're still noticing some of that wonderful recovery even th at three almost three years out yes yeah definitely and maybe anybody who's listening who is a year out and they're not seeing what they were expecting or two years out you know that would definitely be something I'd, I'd like to leave with people is three years out I'm still seeing changes don't slow down too much right uh, yeah. keep up with the good work of recovery and strengthening and healing and even just the noticing, noticing the, the shifts and noticing, um, the small improvements, sometimes taking right. time to slow down and notice those small things can lead to big energy to continue forward on the path of recovery. So thank you so much for participating. Um, this, it's been just a joy talking with you and learning more about lupus, your experience with lupus and your experience with HSCT. I appreciate you helping point out and differentiating that everyone is indeed a snowflake. And <laughs> I appreciate learning more about your snowflake. Um, it's just been great talking with you and I 
wish you all the best in continued healing and recovery. And I hope you continue to notice uh, improvements, illuminating the invisibilities. Thank you. Well, it's been uh, my pleasure. And uh, thank you for doing this podcast. And uh, I hope my story and your other podcasts um, help somebody in either making their decision to go through with it or help help people who are who have gone through it and um, thinking about going through it and uh, it's just really great to be able to um, connect on a, a level that you know not a lot of people can really connect on so thank you Thank you for being part of the community and reaching out to share your story and help connect with others. It's great to connect with you and hear more and learn more uh, from you about your experience. It's just been great. And I think that, as you say, more listeners out there who might be working or finding their way with lupus um, can either be inspired to pursue HSCT or at least know that it is an option to consider seriously and that even three years out you might still be noticing improvements in life um, and your experience with all of your symptoms so thank you for creating those connections for others and being a part of this community my pleasure Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well.